a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome everyone back to the post-game broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I am coming to you after UCLA's resounding uh 35-10 victory over San Diego State on the road. A uh, lot of things that were kind of unexpected in this game. Uh really played a role in this one becoming a blowout but the main one Dante Moore started and played a starters game uh, I think that's the only way to describe it is he played basically every meaningful snap in this game um so platoon over uh true freshman Dante Moore your starter and uh he put an exclamation point on that with his performance uh, 17 completions and 27 attempts for 290 yards and three touchdowns. That is the stat line, just the stats alone, that is the stat line of a three-year starter, not a true freshman, in his first road game against a weird and funky defense. Um, t- over 10 yards per attempt. You know, that's kind of the benchmark for elite quarterback play, and uh, yeah, right there. Uh, and then if you actually watched the game and saw how he did it, uh, it was even more astounding. Um, just from the touchdown throw to uh, Josiah Norwood, where, look, yes, did Norwood take advantage of a bust in the coverage? Yeah. But for more to recognize it that quickly, not take the time to throw anything perfect. Like, he was just, oh, I see that? I'm throwing it. Um, and threw it perfectly well enough for Norwood to get it and run for for an 81-yard touchdown. Like, just the poise, the savvy, the awareness, like, all that stuff that we were kind of talking about in this kind of ephemeral way in the spring, like, oh, it's, you know, it's this kind of savvy. It's hard to put your, like, finger on it. That's, that's, that's what we were talking about. And then, like, I don't know how many sidearm throws where that was the way he needed to throw it to get it around the pass rush to get it to the right guy on the side to to go for a touchdown or whatever it was just over and over again there was that beautiful corner throw to uh logan loya um that was initially ruled incomplete and then uh complete because it was a beautiful throw and you've got to reward those things um but just i mean throw after throw decision after decision just so many good ones um didn't throw a pick in this game um had a brief sequence where he was overthrowing a couple of guys i mean that's about the only true blemish. I, I I don't really, when you're getting hit in the blind side, I don't really, I'm not really sure what you're supposed to do there. I think he could have maybe dirted the ball to TJ Harden, you know, and, and done that. But on the fumble, the strip, I, I don't, not much else you're supposed to do there. It was a good call by the DC. Uh, they sent that kind of um, hidden blitzer uh, around from the middle. Um, it's hard to pick up, and uh, they didn't. And, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe he'll learn from that. Maybe he won't. I think that's just kind of the, you know, perfect storm play that will often end with a quarterback getting strip sacked. But really, besides that, this was pretty close to a perfect game from a true freshman playing his first start in a road environment. So that was pretty cool. 
We didn't see Ethan Garbers take a snap at quarterback. We did see some Colin Schley. And the Colin Schley stuff was kind of intriguing as a um, kind of for what it was used for, uh, an end of game package. Like when you're up a couple of touchdowns and you want to ice the clock, just go full zone read, you know? Uh, have Colin Schley out there with a pair of bruising backs and just have him just read option, read option, read option the whole way down the field. Because he's got good enough wheels, he's a stout enough runner, uh, and then you've got an assortment of backs that, I mean, it doesn't look like Anthony Adkins and Colson Yankoff are going to play a lot in the first couple of quarters of the games. Those are a couple of loads to deal with when you're tired on defense. Like, when you got to suddenly, suddenly got to try to tackle 240 pounds of Anthony Adkins or 230 pounds of Colson Yankoff, that's not, that's not anyone's idea of a good time. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I think that's intriguing as an end-of-game package. Um, and even just as a change of pace, I mean, there's going to be moments. I mean, I know he looks like an absolute freak, and it's hard to imagine, but there are going to be moments where Dante Moore has a couple of freshman sequences. Um, Schley, you know, this is what we've been talking about since uh, probably late in the spring, is even if you don't like him as a potential starter, he makes sense in a package. Um, and I think the package we saw today makes a lot of sense. Because um, Dante Moore... He has enough leg to, you know, buy time, that sort of deal, but he's not a runner by any means. Uh, Colin Schley is. So that was intriguing in the late game. The running game generally I thought was really balanced and good. Um, once again, I, I and maybe this is even a little bit of my bias showing, uh, I would have liked to have seen more TJ Harden. I just, I like the way he runs. Um, I thought his burst you know, when he hits one, it can go a long way. Um, and I think for Steele, that's a little bit more limited. But on the other hand, Steele was a much more successful back down to down in this game. And I think some of it was he got a little bit better blocking at times. And then some of it was I think he did a better job of, you know, analyzing the, the, the uh, I, I guess the best way to put it would be showing a little bit more patience. There were a couple runs where Harden kind of found, found a tackler and just ran into him. Um where uh, I think Steele showed a little bit more um, ability to analyze the crease and, and take his time picking through it. Um, but the end result was Harden had 91 yards on nine carries with that long touchdown. Steele had 84 yards on 12 carries with a touchdown. Um, I mean, whatever. You'll take that any day. That that, that was uh, all told, even counting Moore's uh, sacks, uh, the, the five attempts for minus three yards, it was uh, 39 carries for 254 yards on the ground, uh, 29 attempts for 296 yards through the air. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty darn good. Um, and then in the receiving game, you know, there was uh, it was more of a distribution uh, for Moore in this game. Uh, I think he definitely did still show a preference for Sturdivant, but they were not quite connecting as well. Uh, Logan Loya continues to be a featured part of this offense. He had a couple of drops, uh, but he also had a couple of really nice catches. That adjustment on the Moore, uh, I think it was the second touchdown, that adjustment was great, um, you know, because it was a, it was, it was thrown. And this is the thing with Moore; it's thrown with enough touch. It's not a laser into the end zone, where a guy has time to adjust to it. Um, and we haven't seen that from so many UCLA quarterbacks in the recent past, where um, just being able to play, just being able to throw with that level of touch at all times is uh, pretty astounding. Um, so that was, uh, that was really impressive. Um, and then, uh, you know, we saw some Kyle Ford, we saw some Cam Brown, 
Uh, Maliki Mataveo had that great uh, catch and run again on another one where Moore kind of changed his arm angle, came somehow came at that ball from the side. It was like a seam where he had such a narrow window and hit it perfectly. Um, and then, you know, we saw some Carson Ryan, but it was, I, I it was um, much more of a, a distribution to a lot of different guys rather than kind of the Sturdivant focus of the first game. Um, but offensively, I thought it was a really impressive performance and still a lot of meat left on the bone, so to speak. Um, it didn't, it didn't feel like UCLA fully, um, uh, did what it could have done offensively. I mean, they obviously had the strip sack, uh, they started the game slow, a couple of punts. Um, I mean, they punted one, two, three, four, five times in this game and fumbled twice, uh, and they still scored 35, um. You know, that's, on one hand, uh, great, and on another hand, kind of scary that they could uh, they could have put a much worse beat down on San Diego State, I think is the best way to put it. Um, and so, talking about the offense, it's because it's such a great storyline, Dante Moore, um, that we talk about that first, but it's kind of burying the lead, which is this defense now through two games is showing itself to be, I mean... Okay, we haven't seen it, and uh, if you watched Coastal's game or saw the score, uh, yeah, the jury's out on whether that's still a very good offense, but we haven't seen this defense yet against a really, really good passing attack. That being said, held the first opponent to 13 points, held the second opponent to 10 points, uh, did both games with 10 tackles for loss, uh, three sacks in this one, four in the last one, that front seven is definitely better than it was. I, I think we can say that definitively. Um, and I would say, broadly speaking, this looks like a much better coached uh, side of the ball than it was last year. Uh, simply put, in this game, they weren't trying to run the same stuff they did against Coastal. Uh, Coastal, we saw a lot of nickel. This game, we saw a lot of base defense. Uh, and we saw a lot of base defense with different personnel. We saw a lot of Femi Lodejo, uh instead of um, so much Kane Madrano. Madrona was in there, but we saw a lot of Oladejo. We saw a lot of John John Vons. Uh, we saw some Jalen Woods early on. Um, it was a different look. Uh, they were trying to give a stouter look to that uh, rushing attack, that rush-heavy attack for San Diego State, and it worked. I know a lot of people were kind of down on Femi through the early going, but the thing is, even with a couple of those missed tackles or he looked a little bit stuck in mud, his size out there played a role. Um, and when he could kind of mix it up with... Uh, linemen or you know fend off blockers you saw his strength play a major role um and then up front um yeah i mean this was this was a pretty terrible time for uh for uh, uh jalen maiden the san diego state quarterback um kind of constantly harried constantly under pressure aliato Latu only had one sack but he had at least i mean he had two and a half tackles for loss and i think each i think every aspect of that was on the quarterback um, well, no, maybe late he had one that was on a running back, but um, I think he wasn't credited for half of a tackle for loss that he had. I think it was Jalen Woods who got credit for it. Um, Latu was really, really tough to handle uh, for their tackles. The Murphy twins were really tough to handle. And then UCLA was also sending uh, linebackers off the edge whenever they got a read on which way the run play was going to go. Uh, Darius Musau and Kane Medrano each had uh, tackles for loss off the edge doing that. Um, Musau, I thought, played a really good game again. A um, couple, like, 
you know, iffy moments, but just the, the, the balance is so much in favor of positive so far this year. Um, he's playing such better football. Um, he had obviously the pick in the end zone. He had a sack in this game, uh, six tackles again. Um, I thought one of the MVPs again was Kamari Ramsey uh, at safety. Uh, he's just, every time you see him, he's just popping. I mean, even that play where it was technically a missed tackle, where the guy um, looked like he was down and then was able to run for four more yards. Think about how many times you've seen that play and think about how many times that guy then runs for a touchdown. But Ramsey had the awareness, the wherewithal to continue the play. Oh, okay, you don't think you're down? Here, I'm going to chase you down and get you even before the first down. That's just, I mean, it's that's not redshirt freshman stuff. Um, and it's it's really cool to see that out of a guy who's playing in, I think, his sixth game as a Bruin because he played in four last year. Uh, but he looks like he's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fun to watch over the next few years. Um, but, I mean, cornerback play, look, Devin Kirkwood had a couple of tough moments, but I thought John Humphrey played a much better game. Um, he had really nice coverage late. Um there were, I mean, Jalen Davies, I thought, had a pretty good game. Uh, put a great form tackle to force an incompletion late in the game. Um, there was there was a lot of good, uh, and I thought in the, just generally in the secondary, I thought safety play was a strong point. You know, it's so funny. We were talking so much about Mo Osling and Stephen Blaylock and losing them and losing their tackling ability. ability and then Kamari Ramsey comes out there and he looks like, oh, wow, are you the best tackler in space on this entire team? as a redshirt freshman. And this is not even a bad tackling team. Um, you know, even uh, there was like a missed tackle, I think Kane Medrano early on that would have been a tackle for loss. And it was really impressive because he came off a block. He looked super strong doing it. And then he got two hands on the guy and almost brought him down and just didn't. But it was still like a really impressive missed tackle. Like, you know, it was it was one of those where it's like, oh, that, that actually should have worked. Like you should have you should have brought him down. And I know that doesn't count for anything, but it just... The team does look stronger. It does look better. It does look better at getting off of blocks, making plays. Uh, Dovid Magna, again, because I because I negged him a little bit after the last game without having rewatched it. I watched him closely in this one. He did a lot of good things. Uh, fought off a block pretty late in the game to, to force a, I think it was, a, it was either a tackle for loss or a, uh, a tackle for no gain. Um, but he had a really impressive one. Uh, Jay Tuia continues to just look like a different human being than he was last two years. Last two years, like kind of plodding. This year he looks quick. Um, like there was, there was a play where Maiden looked like he was going to go for like a long, long running game, and then suddenly Tuia just shucked the center and then just lateraled right in front of him, and suddenly Maiden had to take a you know a different path, which still resulted in like a five or six yard gain, gain, but. Those are the little things that okay. Instead of a instead of a twenty yard gain, that was five or six yards, um, and those things add up uh, when you have a defense, especially that, like this one, that can force so many negative plays. Um, that if you can force a team to take its time going down the field and not hit so many explosives, um, you know you can start to make some magic happen with uh, with tackles for loss and uh, the subsequent turnovers that almost um, always are a byproduct of that kind of pressure. Um, and then uh, special teams, uh, slightly iffier punting, maybe, um, but still late, uh, really nice one. Um, yeah, I don't, don't have much to knock there. Uh, Colson Yankoff got a return. I mean, didn't do horribly with it, didn't do much with it. Uh, and Logan Loya had the punts. 
But um, all things considered, I think the big takeaway is UCLA has its quarterback, obviously. Like, that's done. That should be done. There should be... we Honestly, we, the media, should not ask about it again because it is so obvious, but we will have to because um, that's just the nature of the game. But it is so obvious. It's Dante Moore for as however long he remains a Bruin, uh, for however many years he spends at UCLA. Um and then, I mean, my other big takeaway is that this could have been a bigger blowout, um, which I think there's a lot of upside with this team. Like, there's some inherent, um, there's some inherent danger with always starting a true freshman. Like, you'd never know when suddenly there's going to be a true freshman game, right? Like, where he's going to throw three picks and it's just going to look ugly. And so you always have that concern that, like, you know, at Utah or at Oregon State's just going to be bleh, horrible. But the upside of this team with the way that front seven can get after it um, and with what's the, the balance of the season for more, which is going to be very good. Um, I mean, I think we can see it just from this game. Uh, this this could have easily been 49-10, um, and it wasn't. Um, but it very much had that potential. So... Anyway, I, I th- thought it was a really, really good game. I thought it showed a lot for UCLA, um, and I think it was just about the best possible thing for them from a timing perspective in getting the quarterback situation completely locked down, heading into the FCS game, and then heading into uh, the road game at Utah. This now gives more a good ramp-up period to get really confident, really know this is his team heading into that period. And um, you know, I think if you watched Utah... Maybe Cam Rising comes back, but I don't know, guys. If you look at the schedule, when's the first really good passing team that can actually take advantage of UCLA's potential deficiencies at corner? Because I'm looking at it, and I see... So it's definitely not at Utah if Cam Rising isn't back. Is it Washington State at home? I mean, maybe, but they're not like throwing downfield. They're throwing a lot of passes to the line of scrimmage. Maybe it's Oregon State. Maybe Stanford. They've got potential. Um, And so I think it'll be an interesting uh, first kind of third of the season here um, to see if they can, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, um, fit that kind of read of him right now, which is a team that can definitely, definitely shut down your run game. Uh, Because, I mean, not to just to get into the the, the the stats just a little bit, um, they held uh, San Diego State to 63 yards rushing in this game on 33 attempts. And that doesn't really, I mean, it kind of does, but it doesn't really tell the tale. This was a beatdown uh, until very late in the game. Um, so anyway, uh, very good game. Uh, UCLA played very well defensively and offensively, one of the most complete games in a while, and they beat an opponent on the road by 25 points. All right. I will talk to you again uh, this week in advance of NC Central. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.